Welcome to this episode of the Curiosity Key Podcast, where I'm joined by Will Richardson from Green Element and Compare Your Footprint. Will and I go way back, and I now sit on the advisory board for his tech startup, Compare Your Footprint, an exciting online platform that will calculate the carbon footprint of your business and benchmark you with other companies in your industry. Will's goal has always been to green up as many businesses as possible, and I'm pleased to share with you his journey into starting a tech software business, how his network has helped him get to where he is today, and the impact he hopes to have in the future. Will has an infectious personality, is always willing to help others, and is one of those brilliant people that just wants to make a positive difference in the world. I hope you love this episode. Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Curiosity Key podcast, where I'm joined by Will Richardson from Green Elements and also from Compare Your Footprint. Now, I met Will a few years ago, actually, uh, at a training event. I was working as the head of marketing and uh, Will was running Green Elements and we were both there to learn about how to use video in the businesses that we were running and how to promote it in a better way. And since then, we've just kept in contact. And actually, Will was one of my first clients when I decided to go out into business on my own as well. So I'm absolutely thrilled to have him here on this podcast and to talk a little bit more about Compare Your Footprint because Will, I'll let Will explain in a moment, is an environmental management consultant. And Green Element is a fantastic environmental management consultancy. They're an amazing business that I've absolutely loved working with. And um, Compare Your Footprint is a tech startup. So I wanted to bring Will on this podcast to talk a little bit more about uh, the questions that he asked and asked himself before setting up the tech startup and kind of what led him to to going on that journey really. So hi Will, welcome. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself kind of over and above what I've just said? Then? Well thank you very much for the nice and lovely um, intro. Um, yeah I mean it's brilliant working with you over the last few years and I think um, we can also say that you're also on our advisory board for Compare Footprints, which is a massive, a massive help. Um, so Green Elements helps organisations become more environmental. I say organisations because we don't just help businesses. It's charities, it's um, universities and um, anywhere in between, really. And we are a bunch of consultants that use our brains we use um software and we use um you know what is around us so our people skills to help reduce the environmental impact of those different organizations now on that journey we realized that people wanted to report on their carbon emissions and they wanted to be able to report publicly what it was that they were um, producing and ultimately reducing. We started looking at how we could do that and we obviously went straight to Excel spreadsheets, which is a brilliant way to do things, but it's quite hands-on and without getting too much into details, something called carbon factors change every year, which is basically how you measure that carbon. So if you were to have a business mile in a hybrid taxi it could be a certain number one year and then it will change the next year because of the different amount of carbon that's in the atmosphere now because of that um, you have to continuously change your spreadsheets and believe it or not 
every single consultant around the world that reports on the carbon emissions has to do exactly the same thing. We all use spreadsheets. How archaic and how ridiculous is that? And as the business owner of Green Element, it wasn't just archaic, but it was a complete waste of time. I did not want to be spending time formulating spreadsheets and making sure that they're fit for purpose and sending them over to clients for them to be out of date within a few months. So we set about building and designing a internal database that we were going to use. And Emma wrote a database. Um, she's one of our um, key team members at Green Element. And we realized quite quickly that a it was a lot harder than we expected and b because of the fact it was harder than expected we did need to make some money out of it and we also thought well actually if we're going through this everyone else will probably be going through the same thing bit of market research later and we realized that everyone was going through the same thing and there was capacity in the marketplace for something like compare your footprint and therefore we went on to have it designed and um, put online by a external consultancy um, design agency and here we are today now we've launched products selling dozens of compare footprints um, around the world it's i mean i've absolutely loved following the journey of compare footprint and i just find it um it's just such a great example of the kind of curious journey uh that people like yourselves take to you know address uh, a challenge or address a problem that you just think, you know what, actually there must be an easier way of doing this um, and actually bring it to life and, and turn it into a product and something else, something that everybody else can benefit from. So can you tell our listeners a little bit more about, you know, kind of how Compare Your Footprint works? Because from my point of view, one of the things that I love about Compare Your Footprint is the scope for kind of an international impact um, you know, just making things so much easier, uh, especially for businesses to become a little bit more sustainable, uh, to educate their employees, their suppliers, their stakeholders, a little bit more about, you know, kind of what they're doing in terms of their carbon emissions and, you know, kind of get people a bit excited about reducing them as well. Yeah, so there's actually a new piece of legislation that came out this month called the Streamlined Energy Carbon Reporting really streamlined name but, um, <laughs> anyway that said it is a new piece of legislation that wants you to report or organizations to report that are over a certain size basically turnover of 35 million or 250 staff um, on their scope one and two emissions which for all intents and purposes is the electricity and gas you use uh, without going into too much detail now it is a great first step for governments to be asking organizations within their countries to do that and actually 42 countries around the world do ask businesses of various sizes to report on their carbon emissions and what we have done is we have enabled that to happen cost effectively we are on a business model of pay what you think it's worth and also we'll benchmark you against your peers so you can actually find out exactly how much energy or carbon you're using compared to um, someone within your industry by normalizing that data and when i say normalize it means if you're working on person then you divide the amount that you've used carbon wise by the amount of people that are in your uh, company or 
the turnover or the meter squared. You can normalize in so many different ways. Laundry companies do it per kilogram washed. And we use all those different um, normalization factors when we benchmark your organization against others. And it's it's just a brilliant way to find out where you are and what you're doing. And rather than spend the money on actually reporting, it's why not spend the money on reducing it? And that for us was the biggest part was we want people to be reducing their carbon footprint. We don't want, we need you to report on it, but you shouldn't be spending money on that. And was that one of your reasons for deciding to go down the route of pay what you think it's worth rather than charging us that fee? Yeah, it was absolutely the fundamental reason. And it's funny, we're going through investments at the moment. And one of the questions that we get asked is, oh, I guess it's not really a question. It's, oh, does that work? I'm not sure about that. But quite frankly, if they're asking those questions, they're not the right investor for us. And I know that sounds big headed, but this will work. And you know what? If it doesn't work, I bloody well, at least, sorry, I know I shouldn't. At least I have tried to help more organizations be more green. And that for me is, and and actually not just me, that is green elements mantra. And that is what we're all about, is trying to get as many organizations to be as environmental as possible. And just on that, in terms of going through the um, investment journey as well, what, like, did you seek any advice when you decided to go down the pay what you think it's worth model? Kind of like what... What was your process to reaching that decision? So we came up with the idea and then we started wagging the dog. So we <laughs> worked out what and who had done this before. And there is a number of research papers, academic papers that do prove that the um, pay what you think is worth model works. Uh, to give you an example, and it's not the same field but there's a restaurant somewhere in the north of england that every monday night it's pay what you think is worth on their menu and they make more money on monday nights than any other night and wow. that's, that's a kind of you know hearsay um, argument but there are there is academic research that does say actually people do pay what you expect or more when um, you do use this model that's that's really interesting. Do you can you remember the name of that restaurant? Like, I'm quite curious as to find out more about them at the moment. Um, was it a hard decision to make going down that route um, to sort of say? I think it's a dangerous decision to make because we have ploughed. We the royal we. Um, I'm a hundred percent shareholder of Green Element, so I mean I've ploughed in the region of seventy to eighty thousand pounds of my personal money into it and venture that may or may not succeed you know and i don't care in 10 years time if obviously i do care in 10 years time if we haven't succeeded but i don't care in 10 years time i will at least i can say i've tried and that's what i want to get out of this is i we just want to try and yeah it is a scary proposition to ask people because people may do it for free that may be what people want but you know what we've already paid for the development so therefore, it's kind of, we know we'll be making enough money now in order to keep it going and for investors to um, get their money back for investments. So worst case scenario, investors make all their money back and we've made more in companies more environmental. 
<laughs> and you do have a model for future growth to add on extra services and things like that as well, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we do. Yeah, we do. And funnily enough, the pay what you think is worth model is part of that revenue stream. And yeah. if you want to know more, I'd rather, I'm not going to go into too much detail on that at the moment, but um, if you do want to know more, you can contact me about that. Yeah, and I think it's, uh, for, for me, from my point of view, I think it's absolutely brilliant because we're living in a world where we've taken thing or in my opinion we've taken things for granted so far and we really do need to start acting there's far too many talk far, far too many people talking um about all of the things that we need to do and not actually taking action so what i love about what it is that you're doing is that you know you're you're trying to reduce the barriers to people having that information and actually being able to make those changes um so I, I think it's absolutely amazing. But the pay what you think it's worth is not the only thing that you're doing to make it more accessible. You're also giving um, back to charities and things. Can you tell us a little bit more about that as well? Yeah, so we are enabling people to go into organisations and pay for ex-prisoners, uh, refugees, long-term unemployed, um, and paying for them to go back into work so that therefore they get access to jobs and they get experience in order to be able to further their own careers. Compare Your Footprint is all about carbon emissions, but carbon emissions and organisations becoming more efficient and becoming better as organisations is all about driving economy. And we all know what's going on at the moment with Brexit and whatever your opinion is of whatever's going on. At the end of the day, the common goal that we all want is that we want our economies to be driving forwards and for more people to be in work, less people to be unemployed. And if we can help in that process, then that's a real positive outcome of this product software. And one of the questions that I asked, and also I remember quite a few other people uh, talking about, because we, uh, we went to the Web Summit exhibition in Lisbon last year, was kind of, why has nobody else done this before? Beggar's belief. Don't know. I don't understand either. I think, well, I think part of it is it's really, really, really complicated. I am incredibly naive with, um, I'm a, I guess I think there's a I think the expression is blue sky thinker where I just think of something and then oh yeah nonchalantly blindly go into it I think if I knew what I knew now I possibly would second guess what it is and going into doing this and having designed the software I but I didn't and I didn't know in hindsight and we've done it so great And can you share with us um, some lessons learned that you've you've had? So if we've got a listener that has a great idea um, and wants to kind of go down on a similar journey to develop some software to solve a problem, is there any advice or lessons learned that you can share that would help them avoid um, sort of getting into yeah. a sticky situation? So there's an Airbnb. Um, there's the original Airbnb pitch deck that you um, can pick up online just google airbnb pitch deck and you'll see it and it's got um problem solution etc etc all the way through one of the first things that you could do is actually fill in that pitch deck so what is your problem what is your solution what is your market how are you going to do it forget about the financials because at this that early stage you don't need to know the financials but if you can answer 
all of those questions, then you've got a product that will be able to be sold and you've got a viable product. So I think almost I did the pitch deck right at the end. It would almost be worth doing it right at the beginning in order for you to understand what it is that you're doing. And actually it changes and it changes on a regular basis. You know, my pitch deck, I don't know if you remember, Charlie, it's the yeah. last iteration is so different to the first one. And that was partly driven down me pitching to a bunch of investors and them telling me how disorganized I was. And I, I was disorganized looking back at it. And I, but I took it and went, right, okay, if I'm disorganized, then I need to work out what I'm doing wrong and why I should do it better. And therefore, re completely rewrote it. I think it's another one of the things that I love about you is that you are so open to feedback. It's unbelievable. You know, some people uh, that you come across uh, don't take criticism well or uh, feedback in terms of helping them with things like their pitch deck. Whereas you kind of you've always gone out thinking, oh, well, well, with the approach of saying, right, OK, well, you know, what can I do better? Um, and it's great to see how much you've um, evolved since you first started doing this. Because I do remember the first time that you uh, that you put together that pitch deck, um, and it's amazing the journey that you've you've come on. So, how helpful has that feedback been, really, to getting you to where you are today? Funnily enough, really helpful. But one of the things I've, if you look back at some of the feedback, is if you give them a rubbish, if you give someone a rubbish product to get feedback on they will give feedback on a rubbish product they won't rewrite it for you mm -hmm. so you can get as much feedback as you want but it could be the wrong feedback you could be going down the wrong alleyway because i spent quite a lot of time about two months ago talking to loads of people in and around edinburgh in my network on a pitch that i don't use anymore so great i've completely changed it but i kind of wish i'd used their expertise on my current pitch but then in six months time i may be saying exactly the same thing so i think you can get carried away with feedback you've got to listen to yourself and listen to what's going on around you because also people that don't give feedback don't necessarily aren't necessarily not giving feedback you can tell from their body language you can tell from the way they react to you and so, for example, that investment that I went into, their body language was all, no, go away. We don't want anything to do with you, which is why I had to change the whole thing. The feedback I got was you were a bit disorganized. Yeah. But that wasn't necessarily the feedback. So it, you've got to read into it. It is your, you own your product and you own, you know, you, 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 you own it. So therefore you have to be man enough to be able to change it. I think that's a really important lesson as well in terms of knowing your audience, because sometimes you could get really, really bad feedback from um, or constructive feedback from a group of people that are actually your wrong audience. So, you know, you run the risk of taking on board that feedback, changing the way that you do things, but trying to please uh, an audience of people that you don't actually want to please in the first place. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But who are who is the right audience and who? Who are you trying to talk to? Well, I think um, we, we've spoken about this at length, haven't we? Yeah, and that can change over time as well. 
and it can be slightly different but have massive ramifications or it can be massively different with slightly different ramifications. And how, uh, you know, you touched upon this before in terms of approaching your network for feedback. So how instrumental has your network been in terms of helping you get the business started and get it to where it is today, where you're at the point where you're looking for investment? We are, um, so my advisory board are mostly people within my network. Um, Some extended, but um, pretty much everyone within my network. I rely heavily on friends, family, colleagues, and people. I enjoy asking advice and I enjoy taking advice as well. But I think that part of that is you need to know who to ask advice off. And that feeds back to what we were talking about with the feedback. Um, Be clever with who you ask your advice um, from. The and your network is so important. I mean, I learned a long, long time ago how important it was just because I started off on my own as a sole trader working for myself. And Green Element has now grown to a um, six man team where, you know, we are still only winning work on my network. You know, we're pulling in with um, hundreds of thousands of pounds a year on my network which just shows how strong your network can be. And I mean, you've worked with us marketing wise. It's a hard market to, to reach. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we're still growing 15, 10% year on year on my network says it all really. And I'm not anything special. All I did was go to events, talk to people, spend time with people, listen to them, help them, talk to them. And just, it's not all about you. It's all about everyone around you. And just try and do as much as you can for others because it's karma. They, people will do come back to, I remember having a lovely chat with a Kiwi guy in a networking event years ago. And I can't remember what we were talking about, but I think we were talking about his um, dad or his mum that had died and my and dad had died recently and you know nothing work related at all five years later i got a phone call out of the blue saying i'm not going to do this anymore i've got a couple of clients that i'd like um to recommend you because i think you'd be really good at it and i won two clients from doing nothing just from having a conversation with someone five years ago mm-hmm. so that you don't know what's around the corner you don't know who you talk to I think that's a a valuable lesson that everybody can learn from that really, which is that, you know, if you approach networking from, like you said, it's not all about you and you've got to listen to other people, you've got to give back, you've got to help each other out. Um, You know, people will remember you and it's that um, reciprocity that really helps you uh, be remembered um, and also stay in contact with people to the point where they will want to help you out when you need it. Because um, I know that we've spoken before as well is that you've, you know, you don't see other people in your market as competition either. Um, you work very much with a collaborative approach, which is really, really nice, uh, really nice to see. So how has that helped you? Or, or rather, like, you know, do you have any advice for other people that kind of see other companies in the same field as them more as competition? And how could they what advice rather could you give them to see them more from a collaborative point of view? Just go and talk to them. Go and have a coffee. Because 
would you rather have two companies that do a really good job or five companies that do rubbish jobs? What's better for society? What's better for, I mean, we we work in a world where we're helping organisations become more environmental. So therefore, it's a fairly easy win, I guess, if you're a betting shop trying to get people to spend more money and um, kill themselves slowly, then possibly not. Maybe you want loads of rubbish um, betting shops out there so that no one really bets because they're all equally rubbish. You know, you know what I'm getting at. It's yeah. you would rather quality over quantity and go and talk to the people around you and uh, work with them. We've had a number of people on our podcast that are our competitors and it's great fun talking to them and um, connecting with them on LinkedIn and chatting and, um, you know, they're your friends in a wider circle, but they are your friends and you and them are trying to do a good thing and trying to help reduce organizations environmental impact we're not on our own on this journey so let's work together it's all part of seeing the wider purpose of what it is that you're doing as well isn't it yeah absolutely yeah and for anybody listening that touched upon uh, the fact that will has a podcast uh so go and check out the green element podcast which i think was it july that that podcast yeah was- it's about then yeah, which is, I mean, you know, I love the Green Element podcast. It's great. It follows a similar format to this in that it's weekly interviews. But some of the people that you've interviewed over the last few months have just, like, they're so interesting um, and has such a lot of value to offer as well. Yeah, I think um, some obviously stand out more than others. But, um, yeah, it's been cool. It's What I like is listening to people and understanding what it is that they've done and how they've done it and why they've done it. That's it's a way of learning without actually doing it <laughs> and I think that's what that was one of the things that we got on a lot about wasn't it really because we both have that similar approach in the same way that I was always very curious about what it was that you were doing with compare your footprint kind of like desperate to get involved in and help out and you know absolutely thrilled to be on the advisory board um because I really do see such huge potential for not just uh, a national impact but also a global impact um because yeah just understanding what your your carbon footprint is right now is only the beginning really isn't it yeah yeah absolutely and um we'll give our we'll give your listeners a um freebie if they go to compareyourfootprint.com forward slash charlie wyman and you will find out what that freebie is when you get there oh there we go love it so promoting a bit of curiosity amongst our listeners so i will include um this link and uh, the link to world's podcast and um, the green element website for all of the information all on my website in the show notes but you know just to kind of wrap up really um are there any kind of closing pieces of advice that you'd like to give our listeners or anything else that you'd like to add if you run a management consultancy i.e a consultancy that delivers services to organizations through the use of people and you transition to running a software business, be warned, it is a very, very different beast. You are running two incredibly different organizations and you have to be able to switch from one side to the other in conversations, let alone days. And I was funnily enough having a conversation with um, a competitor of ours a guy called paul uh, earlier on today about exactly that because he runs a very similar organization to green element and is setting up 
and has set up a software business. And he said to me the same thing. And yeah, just be warned, it's not, they are both businesses, but they're both quite different. And would you say that it's, um, well, I suppose you've already said that really, haven't you? Would you say that it's an easy thing to set up a software company? No, <laughs> no, it's not. It's incredibly expensive. It was a lot cheaper to set up um, Green Element than it was compared to Footprint. A lot, lot cheaper. Actually, in fact, it was free to set up Green Element. So, no. <laughs> but I think in terms of a wider impact, do you feel like you'd be able to make a bigger impact with this software company as well? If we succeed, yes. Yeah. If we don't, when no. You, when you succeed. <laughs> <laughs> Positive thinking, when you succeed. Uh, you know, I hope that everybody listening here will join me in supporting Will and the team at Compare Footprint because, you know, uh, I, I'm not just saying this because I like Will, but I very much do believe um, that Compare Footprint will succeed. I do believe that it is um, a company that will have a big impact. Uh, it's just a case that we need to make more people aware of it and also more people aware that, getting your carbon footprint in the first place is just the beginning. You then yeah. start taking those steps, uh, take, making those actions to actually reduce your carbon footprint because that's where we're going to make the real impact. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so if anybody wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to keep in contact, Will? Will at compareyourfootprint.com um, or william at greenelement.co.uk fabulous brilliant okay well uh, that, thank you so much for joining me on this interview i hope you've enjoyed um this episode of the curiosity key podcast and i look forward to seeing you next time brilliant cheers thank you thanks for inviting us when you're working on exciting projects in tech or trying to change the world it's hard to focus on marketing and it might not seem like a huge priority for you right now Talking about what you're working on and the driving force behind why you're doing it will help you raise your profile in your industry and keep your audience up to date. My goal for this podcast is to share the amazing things that businesses and individuals are working on that will shape the world of tomorrow. So if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform, share it with others that you think would benefit. And if you really like it, feel free to leave me a review. The show notes and any links mentioned in today's episode will be available on my website, which is www.charliewyman.com forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening. See you next time.